Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. She wants you to own and say the things that you're sorry for. Just own it so we can move on. Okay, I'll own it. I don't know what I'm owning, but I will own it because I'm trying to be your friend. I don't understand. Just own it. Own it. <laughs> That's all you have to do as a housewife is own it, and then we can all move on. It doesn't even matter if you know what you're owning. Just own it. Own it, baby. Oh my God, you guys, that was from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale. We're going to be breaking all of that down. The reunion looks fantastic, doesn't it? Ah, it looks so good, but I'm going to miss them. So we're going to be breaking all that down. I wanted to start the show off by talking about the Golden Globes, but then I looked at the Golden Globe nominations and I decided I can't do it. That's why I think I'm going to have to disengage. I mean, I was shocked, saddened, and appalled by those nominations. Now, here's the thing. I know that the Golden Globes aren't as responsible as something like the Emmys or the Academy Awards. But we still all wake up and look at the nominations, at least I do. And the fact that Emily in Paris, you guys, was nominated as Best Comedy over a show like Pen15 or Insecure, I could not believe my eyes. I mean, so I just want to say justice for May I Destroy You on HBO Max, justice for Insecure, justice for Pen15, justice for Dead to Me. I mean, there were so many things that weren't nominated that should have been nominated. And then Emily in Paris... Was this category supposed to be best unintentional comedy? Because in that case, I understand if Emily in Paris was nominated, but I'm sorry, it just was not very funny or very great. I watched every episode, don't get me wrong. If you're out there and you work on that show, Emily in Paris, I have to say it was addictive and a very fun watch, but it wasn't technically great. I mean, I don't think any of us watched it. They got so much wrong. I mean, that woman, she posted a picture of a baguette and then got... 45,000 followers in an instant. That was what the whole show was about. She went in Paris, got a social media job. She didn't even know anything about social media. And they're saying that was the best. Oh, you guys, the audacity. I'm going to have to disengage on that one. Uh, I have a few recommendations, though, of good things that I hope you guys will check out. Framing Britney Spears is a new Hulu documentary that comes out on Friday. I thought it was fantastic. I love Britney Spears. She's given us so much, and there was a lot I just didn't know that I found so fascinating. So I don't want to spoil anything, but check it out. And I just want to say that Brittany has given us so much throughout the years, and I want only happiness for her going forward. She is just the best. And you guys, Brittany's music transcends space and time when I hear it, I think. I, I am transported to another level, a higher plane uh, than this current existence when I hear something like crazy or sometimes or baby one more time or toxic or just love me or slumber party. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I love my Britney and check it out. Framing Britney Spears on Hulu. Also, Fake Famous is an HBO Max documentary that I thought was very fascinating on Instagram culture. Really, really good. I might try to get one of the people on this podcast because I thought it was just fantastic. So that's Fake Famous on HBO Max. Uh, We gotta talk about the Southern Charm gossip, you guys, because we've been following this Madison drama. Madison, Madison, Madison. So on Southern Charm, Madison, who was previously with Austin, she had been allegedly seeing someone who on the Southern Charm finale or on the reunion, they said she was hooking up with some married MLB player, allegedly. Now, Danny from Southern Charm was on the Kate Casey podcast, and she basically revealed allegedly that it was A-Rod. So that was who everyone suspected that Danny was like FaceTiming with or canoodling with, allegedly. There was a lot of speculation. So Danny basically confirmed that it was A-Rod. So check out that interview. It was on Reality Life with Kate Casey. But also, what the fuck? What the fuck? So we're led to believe, this is all what we're led to believe, that A-Rod uh, allegedly uh, cheated on J-Lo with someone from Southern Charm. When will it all end? When will, it, when will enough be enough? 
After all we've been through with this pandemic, with this past year and a half, now we have to deal with this, that J-Lo, of all people, was cheated on with Madison? Madison! Madison! I cannot believe my eyes and ears. And I don't know, maybe this is not true, maybe they were just FaceTiming. Who knows the truth? Only they will know the truth, but it looks like on the Southern Charm Reunion, I haven't seen it yet, part two, but maybe we'll get into it. But this is shocking to turn of events to me. I mean, the cast of Very Cavalier is one thing, but A-Rod? I mean, come on. Come on. Where's the justice in all of it? When will it end? When will it, when will Biden take this on? When will it end? I mean, I cannot. I cannot. Uh, anyway, that's the Southern Charm Goss. Now, uh, okay, I have one more thing before we get into the Real Houses of Salt Lake City finale. And that is that an opportunity presented itself to interview two of the stars of a new movie called Breaking News in Yuba County, which comes out next Friday. February 12th. It's a great movie. Check it out. It also stars Allison Janney, Regina Hall. Now, I had the opportunity to interview Mila Kunis and Juliette Lewis together, the three of us on a Zoom. Juliette Lewis, of course, from Natural Born Killers, The Other Sister, which is one of my favorites, you guys. Uh, Mila Kunis from the Bad Moms movies and Ted and that 70s show. She's married to Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher, Kutcher, Cootie Kutcher. Excuse me, guys. I had extra vitamins today. You know, I have my vitamin pack and I accidentally had two. (laughs) So I'm a little wired. Um, But that's neither here nor there. The point is the opportunity presented itself to interview the two of them together on Zoom. So I took it and it was so fun. One of my favorite chats. Mila Kunis is a big Beverly Hills Housewives fan. So we talked about that. And we barely talked about the movie, but check it out next Friday. Breaking news in Yuba County. Juliette Lewis plays a talk show host. That's all you need to know. Um, So I want to play this chat uh, that I did with the two of them. You can watch it on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, go view it on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, and then uh, I'll play this. We'll come back with Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. As always, I try to put the timestamps in the episode description so you can skip ahead if you're uninterested in the interviews or part of the program. Uh, but I hope you'll listen because this was really, really fun. I like love Mila Kunis now. I mean, give us a talk show, the three of us. That's what we need. That's what we need. So please enjoy uh, this chat, and then we'll come back and talk Salt Lake City. Hi, Danny. Uh, Hi, Mila Kunis and Juliette Lewis. Such an honor to talk to you both. I'm a huge uh, pop culture junkie, and the two of you have been in some classics. Mila, I want to start with you. Uh, In this movie, Alice and Janney, she's obsessed with this this talk show. And I wonder, what are some of your uh, pop culture obsessions? Are there some movies or TV shows you love? (laughs) What are the things that I like? Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Are you excited for next season? Like, where do you stand on the Kathy Hilton of it all? Are you? I mean, listen, I I just, I need some... I was a little bored last season is all I'm going to say. I was a little bit like, but I also like Teddy. So I like Teddy. I didn't know what happened there. Um, Uh, We disagree entirely. (laughs) This interview is going to go on for longer than expected. I need to understand. Hold on. Juliet, do you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I'm one of these weirdos who doesn't own it. Juliet. It's the worst show on television. I'm so happy you don't watch it because. How dare you? Love it, and I my IQ starts dropping. Exactly. So it's good. We need people like you in the world that sustains their brain cells. I'll burn off some of mine for you. Listen, Teddy was great. Teddy looked fantastic. Wow. She was. Oh, oh wow! Danny, wow! Danny, wow! Mila, this took a hard laugh. <laughs> okay, so we can disagree on that one. Watch this one. Have you watched um, Bling Dynasty? Oh my God, I love Blink Dynasty, except for Andrew's a psychopath on there. I mean, we he's. We get into too much about it, but listen to this one. Ready? You want some tea? Yeah, please. The Chews used to be my neighbors. My <gasps> Christine Chu. Oh my God. She was I supposed mean, to be on title, Housewives but... of Beverly Hills. She was supposed to be on it. She filmed, Ooh. tested for it, and never went. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, we could talk forever, Bilo. I mean, right. I, I only have a couple I minutes with you guys. Things that matter. This, this shit don't matter. Go ahead. What's your next <laughs> Juliet, I want to say something to you that I've always, my whole life dreamed of saying to you. Um, the Other Sister, uh, that was a movie I loved uh, growing up. And when I was coming out of the closet in my early 20s, I remember uh, watching the scene where you and Diane Keaton are at the golf course and you're saying, you never look at me. Your character saying, you never looked at me. look at me. And it helped me sort of process my coming out in a weird way because uh, my mom and I had struggles with that. And so I just, I have to thank you for that because that, it helped me vocalize something I wasn't able to at the time. 
So thank you. Oh, sweet to hear. And um, that movie means so much to me and meant so much to everyone doing it. But, you know, her fight for her independence and it was loosely based on the producer's sister. Um, Anyway, I'm very happy to hear you say that. It was beautiful. Now, uh, in this movie, you play a talk show host. Did you base it off of anyone in particular or? She's a little smidgen of Nancy Grace. I feel like I've been doing this voice and I, I just, I want to be this person, Gloria Michaels. Um, <laughs> she's loosely based on, uh, you know, those interviewers. I love that you guys were talking pop culture current. And I was like, yeah, I watched Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love Sally, Jesse, Raphael. I know. With their red glasses. In of like Sally, Jesse or people who sort of, push the um, drama of, of someone's real life uh, s- stuff, uh, you know, for ratings. Right. I, I just binged the Oprah 20th anniversary DVDs, which came out a while ago. And um, so I, I was watching this movie and I was like looking at it through the lens of all of these old Oprah episodes that I had been binging. And um, it was, it was delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, this movie has such a stacked cast and you guys have both worked with so many different people. Mila, is there anyone still on your dream list of like, God, I really want to work with that person. Everyone. Yeah. Anytime anyone returns my phone calls or my emails, I'm always like, whoa, they know my name. I still live in a world of like, I'm broke. I'm barely a working actress. No, like I, it's, it's a weird mindset that I just have conv- like, I've just conditioned myself to be in. And so everybody, I admire everyone. I think that Juliet's an incredibly, incredible actress. So the fact that I'm on this Zoom with you guys, this is to me always, I, it's never lost on me how lucky I am to be in the position that I'm at. So I kid you not when I tell you, I admire most everyone. Like I think if you're an accomplished, awesome actor, yeah, I want to work with you. If an accomplished, awesome director, like, yes, everyone. Right. Right. Juliet, you've been in so many things. Is there a project you look back on that you're most proud of? Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, for different reasons. Um, but Cape Fear with Scorsese and De Niro and Jessica Lange. Um, that, That's, a good one. That's a good one. I love, I love just saying the last name, Scorsese. <laughs> the Italians. Um, I'm but- Italian. We love an Italian. Um, but that was so profound for me because right before that I was doing, I was going to quit acting at like 16 or 17 because I was on a TV show where they wanted me to not be natural. Um, and then when I worked with Marty, he encouraged my naturalism and my, my, own, my instincts. And I look at all my directors as my teachers so that was everything to me, that opportunity. And um, there's been many others along the way. Uh, Oliver Stone, Natural Killers was a wild ride for different reasons. Uh, a lot of improv. And I just love character work. So that's always what I'm looking to do is people right. I've never played before. I mean, you've done so many brilliant things. And and Mila, I'm a big fan of the Bad Moms franchise. Are we going to get another one? Will you give us another one? No. No? We're done? No. Do you want me to get one slower for you? Yeah. Well, I want one, though. I want another one. <laughs> uh, I. You know what? I hope you get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, listen. it was great. It was actually a great ride. I, I'm kidding. But no, you won't get another one. Okay. Well, I'll keep watching the Christmas one. You guys, thank you. I know this was so quick and they're going to get mad at me. I didn't really talk much about Yuba County, but I love you both. And what a delight for me. This was the best. Thank you. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but 
migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. Okay, guys, the Salt Lake City finale, we open with a little bit of a season recap, and I believe we've gotten a lot of iconicness this season. I think there was a lot of moments. We started off strong with the smelling like a hospital, but there were truly a lot of wonderful moments. Remember that dinner they had early on in the season where Jen stormed out? It was like at that restaurant with that Valter guy. I mean, that was fantastic. We got the Vegas trip last week's episode. It was one of the best in-house franchise history in terms of episodes. So I think we've gotten a lot this season in only, what was it, 12 episodes or something? This was a short season, and we still got so much. So when I hear people say that this is not a good season, I have a theory. Because I've heard some people say that, like, oh, I stopped watching it because it was bad. And it's like, it's not bad, you guys. If there's one thing I know, it's Housewives. And this season was good. I believe that people are just maybe looking for a reason not to watch certain franchises. Maybe they're overwhelmed with the amount of TV they're watching. I feel that way. I watch a lot of TV, and sometimes I think, I need to get rid of a show. And so, of course, it's hard to get rid of shows we've been with forever, like Orange County Housewives. We've been with them, I don't know, 16 years or something like that. So it's hard to get rid of something like that. So sometimes we think a new show, that makes the most sense to stop watching. But I got to say, Salt Lake City has been giving it. So I, I, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So we open with lots of black and white footage of all the women's thoughts. They got real, they took some creative liberties here. Those editors took a lot of creative liberties. We just saw the women. They were going about their days and they were uh, leading us to believe with the footage that they were flashing back to in like black and white. They were leading us to believe that this is what these women were thinking about. When in reality, when they're walking around their kitchen, they're probably not thinking about that. They're just looking to make some lunch. Um, but I love the creative liberties they took. Really love the dramaticness of it. Uh, Really, really liked it. Now, Heather's getting ready for her party for a grand opening for the Beauty Lab. And I love this. I love the Beauty Lab. I think Heather's had the best season out of everyone. I think she came out of this as the number one, I believe. I went into this season thinking Jen Shaw was going to be the star, didn't you? And here comes Heather storming through every scene as uh, the queen she is. Loved it. So she's getting ready for this party. She's doing a lot of angel work for the party. As she's setting up for it, everyone there is wearing these shirts that say, life is short, buy the lips. And honestly, I agree. I think it's a great message to send. If you want the lips, if you want to do something, if there's one thing I've learned over the course of this pandemic, it's that life is short. You know, you got to live it. Live, laugh, love while you can and do what you want to do. So uh, I like that message. Whitney arrives and says, Whitney basically says, like, Heather's trying to sabotage the grand opening by having, like, Jen there and everyone there. But I'm glad the whole cast is there. Although I did have this crazy conspiracy theory that Mary was CGI'd into the final party. Did you guys think that? 
I think that. Like, and here's the thing: I had just gotten some home videos uh, transferred to DVD and to digital. Like, my mom sent me all of these like old VHS tapes and those mini VHS tapes, and I got I went to this place that did it real cheap, just transferred everything over, so we have the digital files, so they don't get lost. And then I sent my parents the DVD versions of it, and my mom called me and she said, "Dan, did you CGI our, our couches?" And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I was watching this video. I don't remember those couches in our house. So my mom thought that I took those home videos and she thought that I CGI'd new couches into our old home, into the home we grew up in, uh, because my mom didn't remember owning those couches. She thought I, she thought I paid someone to CGI, like, like paid fucking Lucas Films or someone to come CGI, you know, computer, uh, put, use a, a footage. Of new couches and put them over the old couches because my mom didn't remember them us owning them. And I had told my mom, I was like, Mom, you're crazy. Dan, you CGI'd them. I don't remember those couches, she kept saying to me. And I was like, Ma, you're crazy. You're crazy. Now, here I am watching the Salt Lake City Housewives finale. And I'm saying to myself, I'm telling my boyfriend, I'm saying, Matt, I think they CGI'd Mary in there. And he's like, what are you talking what are you talking about? They didn't do that. So I'm, I stand by, I mean, you know, I'm turning into my mother, but more importantly, I think maybe they see Jider in. Cause there was one scene where she had, uh, she is, was sitting aside with Whitney and they were doing the oxygen. We're going to break that down. But I honestly was like watching it and I heard the background noise of people talking and I thought maybe that's a sound effect. Maybe that's like, I don't know. I was reading into it, but I was really, there was, there was even at the very end, she didn't arrive with the other group members who were sitting around that table, I thought, where's Mary? Um, and I know there was confusion. Maybe she wasn't supposed to be a main housewife or whatever, but I still think maybe they CGI'd her in. I don't know. So I understand my mother more, but that's not the point. The point is, Heather's getting ready for this party. Then we cut to Jen and Lisa. They sit down at a bar, and apparently they ran into each other at the elevator in Vegas, and they cried. They cried, and they sort of made up. Jen says that she's the way that she is because being in Utah around all the white people is very hard for her. Then she does have a moment of self-reflection where she says she needs to take it down two notches. And I thought, maybe Jen finally gets it. And I will say this episode, they had Jen doing the dancing, and they had her apologizing at the end. And I thought, either Jen really gets it, or the other alternative theory is that the producers were like, okay, Jen has come off a, a little bit unhinged this season, and so maybe we need to rehinge her to reality. And so they made her look really uh, like she was very self-aware. Maybe they told her, look, you need to apologize to everyone, because we need you back next season, because you're driving a lot of story. So I think maybe they told her. Or maybe she had that realization on her own. Either way, I liked having this uh, this moment of Jen Zen, if you will. She seemed to have it more together. Also, I got to say, Jen in that one confessional where she has the understated makeup, it almost, I think she's definitely wearing makeup, but it's more understated. I thought she looked stunning. And I liked that because oftentimes we cut to these confessionals and I'm thinking I'm watching Drag Race or something because they, you know, they're doing contour for the gods. You know, it's very aggressive makeup. So seeing that one confessional that Jen does with very understated look, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So then we have this scene with Meredith and Seth, and they start off the scene, they're back together now, and they start off doing a lot of banana innuendo work. Seth is like, can you cut up my banana? Like, you are what you eat. You know, he's doing all this this work with the banana. It was very, it was aggressive, Seth. I was yelling at the TV, like, you need to cool it with the banana innuendos. Like, I've had enough. And um, quite frankly, it was just too much. I was disengaging with that, if you know what I'm saying. So then uh, they talk about how uh, Meredith is mad that they were the friends were talking about their marriage, and Jen was talking about their marriage. She says, "I've never had this volatility. <laughs> need to get my let me get my Meredith. I've never had this kind of volatility with friends in my life. Is our marriage any of their business? That's why I'll have to disengage." And honestly, every time she says the word "engage" in an episode, it's like a fucking "Where's Waldo?" I'm like, when is she going to say it this episode? Everyone, this one, she said, uh, "Disengage." That word, she loves it. And I love that she loves it. Then uh, we have Whitney and her dad. Her dad's in auditioning to be an instructor at the hair school. Now, I would have wished he wore maybe like a little bit of a bigger hat, but I'm really rooting for his just reha- rehabilitation and entrance back into the beauty world. And Whitney is so sweet. She's going to be the model. 
And I was so happy, but so nervous. And he cut her hair and explained some hair to like this school of young kids. They weren't young. They were adults, but they were, you know, a school of hair cutting people, beauty school. And I got very mad at this beauty school because the dad made a joke. And I'm rooting for this man. I want him to just be the best man possible. And although he's done some things that have been shady in the past uh, in terms of Whitney, you know, I was mad when they sat down and he kind of revealed some stuff. I was mad. That was a couple weeks ago. But you know what? I'm really rooting for this man. And he made a joke to the beauty school and they didn't laugh. And I got so mad at them. I thought, really, you couldn't even do a fucking courtesy laugh at this man who's trying to teach you guys that you couldn't even do a courtesy laugh. I was so mad. Just do a fake laugh. You know, whatever you got to do. <laughs> you know, whatever you got to do, throw in a fake laugh. We've all done it. All done it. But Whitney's proud of him, and I hope he stays good. So then back at Heather's Beauty Lab, Meredith arrives to say that she can't be friends with Jen Shaw. She's over it. And Heather's like, look, Jen's already invited to the grand opening. She's a huge client of Beauty Lab. And then Heather does agree that she's like, if my daughters were friends with someone like Jen, I would tell them that they need to leave the relationship. And so Heather's having this aha moment, if you will. And... You know, I'm just, I'm hoping for the best, but preparing myself for the worst at this moment for the beauty lab party. Um, I thought it was going to really blow up. I really did. I thought that whole party was going to be a mess, but it wasn't really. It wasn't really. Anyway, then we have this scene with Lisa and the Fresh Wolf shampoo, which is the kids' shampoo line or the kids' beauty line. And the husband walks in with the kids in a hundred fucking big gulps. Did you guys see that? His hands were full with big gulps. I was like, what's happening here? Did Big Wolf, Big Gulfs pay to have this product placement or did they just bring in all those big gulps? I've never seen so many big gulps in my life. And what a funny thing to bring into like a work meeting. Be like, hey, anyone want a big gulp? Like normally, normally you bring in like a Starbucks or a coffee or some, or bottled water or LaCroix or I don't know literally anything else. I've never been in a meeting where somebody just walking in and offered me a big gulp. And quite frankly, I'm upset about it. I better have a meeting one day where just somebody gives me a big gulp. That's what I want. I don't even like a big gulp. I won't drink it, but I want to be offered it. I want to be offered it. Now, the thing with this Lisa scene, and we've heard about it in the past. There was like a confessional with Lisa's husband where he said, Lisa wanted me to say this. Do you remember that? That was early on in the season. And I think that there's a times on the show we've seen where Lisa's trying to control the narrative. She's trying to control what happens in the scene, and that never works out. And she was certainly trying to do it here with the kids and how they were presenting the shampoo line. She was getting pissed. I love it, though. She just kept, she always says that. I love it. I love it. I can't do a Lisa impression, but <laughs> they are trying to make us believe that this is the kids' line. And I don't think it is. It wasn't working. No one was believing this. Um, but it was funny when they were trying to control it. And then the editors just left in the footage of her like trying to correct them. Because they could have easily edited it to make the kids look better, and they didn't. They they edited it to make Lisa look bad, and that was just, that was funny to me. Okay, so then, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Oh, my gosh. So then we cut to Mary at church. (laughs) The scene with Mary at church, you guys. What was going on? Meanwhile, before we even get into the church, we see this photo that's Rosemary Cosby and Jesus. It was just somebody did, I don't know if it was an oil painting or what this was, somebody did a, a photo of Rosemary Cosby and Jesus. And you guys, they they gave the title. They gave a title to this photo. It was truly shocking, which they gave a title to it. Here, wait, let's break this down for a second. So the the picture that we saw where the Bravo people put underneath the picture, Rosemary Cosby and Jesus... Look, this was a cartoon picture. Like, this wasn't a real-life photograph. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they didn't take that picture with a Polaroid or an iPhone. That was like an, a painting or, a, you know, an art an artist drew that. Um, and they still labeled it, Rosemary and Cosby and Jesus, as if the two of them were together posing for an iPhone. That's how they labeled it on Bravo, and I love that. I love that. But here's the thing. Mary was being such an asshole to everyone in this congregation. There was a moment she told some man, why are you gaining weight? She said, take care of yourself, drink water. Now, look, I'm no expert. I did ghostwrite a diet book, but I I would say that uh, this is maybe not the best uh, thing to say to somebody trying to lose weight, drink water, and take care of yourself. Maybe this man is drinking water. 
you know, Mary, we all fall on hard times. And the fact that you're just berating this man who I think he was the guitar player or something in the choir. She said, lose weight, drink water. I was so mad. I was so mad. Then she tells everyone they can't sing. There was a woman named Joy. A woman named Joy. Did you see her? I think she had glasses on. And Mary said to Joy, you got to sing good. Listen to me. And she says, like, right, Joy? Like, she's, she's singling out Joy. This woman, Joy, who's in the choir, she's got singled out by Mary that she can't sing. And I'll be honest, Joy was ready to cold cock her closet hoarding ass. Joy was not having it. She was pissed that Mary even pointed it out the way that she looked back at Mary. You guys, if looks could kill, if looks could kill, Joy would have killed her right there. I know they were in a church, but Joy was pissed. Joy was pissed. Then they sing Amazing Grace, which I have to point out has become a housewife song at this point, because we've seen it. On Housewives of Atlanta, they sing Amazing Grace every episode. Every single one they sing it. And now they're singing it here. So, uh, officially, I would just like to add uh, Amazing Grace, any version of it, to the Housewives canon. It's like, we have Money Can't Buy You class. We have How Many Fucks Do I Give by Erica Jane. And now we have Amazing Grace, because it's appearing on every Housewives franchise, likely because it's free. They don't have to pay for the rights for Amazing Grace. It's public domain. So, uh, I really think it's... It's going to be added to my Housewives playlist. So if you ever come to a live show, we're just going to have Amazing Grace play in the middle of it. <laughs> okay, then we cut to the scene with Jen and Sharif dancing the salsa. That's right, they're dancing the salsa. I really couldn't care less about this scene. Although it did remind me that when I lived in Chicago, I took a hip-hop class at the YMCA, and I was not a good dancer. That's a tale for another time, you guys. That's a detour for another time. Um, but I did take a hip-hop dance class at a YMCA in Chicago, and that's all you need to know right now. And we'll get into details at a later date. So they're going out of their way to make Jen look good, but it's nice to see her and Sharif got together. Uh, she did a little Dancing with the Stars plug, and uh, you know I appreciated that. Um, so then we cut to everyone getting ready for the event. Meredith takes her pants off on camera, and Brooke says, Mom, are you taking your pants off on camera? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Meredith's like, what? That's how my Meredith just sounded like Penny Marshall. I think it's slowly turning into Penny Marshall. What? What are we talking about here? (laughs) I miss Penny Marshall, you guys. I'm not engaging. That's Penny Marshall by way of Meredith. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God, you guys, I'm giggly. I'm giggly. You know what it is? I am. Uh, you guys liked the soundboard. I'm going to try to use it sparingly, but uh, overwhelmingly, after last week's podcast episode, you guys told me you like the you like the soundboard. So I'm going to use it. I- I'll try my best to use it sparingly to not overdo it. But then we cut to this party. Everyone is there. Everyone looked great. Heather looked fantastic in that pink ombre. Is that what you call it? That dress? Ah, oh, she looked good. Um, and Heather's ex came to the party, and she's like walking him around, showing him the joint. And he doesn't get it. He, She was like, so are you proud? And he said yes, but it was like, I need more energy from this ex. And I'm glad he's the ex because he wasn't giving me anything good. Um, but I wanted him to just be nicer, give a little more energy or positivity. And Heather did say, I'm no longer willing to be defined by my failures, and I'm ready to be defined by my successes. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. Put that on a pillow. I'm going to hang that quote up in my office. I thought it was a beautiful way to look at things. Heather also says you don't need a man to be successful. And I just love her more than anyone else. Anyone else. Uh, Then Mary arrived at the party, and she had two purses, which honestly surprised me. It was understated for her. She came out of that closet with just two purses. It's her first time out of the closet in like six weeks. We haven't seen her. Six episodes since we've seen Mary out of the closet. And uh, she only had two purses. And the party had all these napkins that said, like, something AF, like... uh, you know, something AF, which AF obviously stands for after the fact. and or, <laughs> Excuse me. AF obviously stands for as fuck, but Mary thought it stand for after, or stood for after the fact, and that just made me laugh. And then Meredith arrives in a face mask to ward off nastiness, and I was obsessed with this. It was ahead of her time. Obviously, this was filmed before the pandemic. She was really fe- uh, uh, feeling herself. She said, this is high fashion. She said, people in Utah just don't understand. This is high fashion. People in Utah just don't understand. And then they cut to Whitney making fun of her with two masks on. And uh, Whitney was making me laugh. Meredith was making me laugh. Mary doesn't like it. You guys, it was beautiful. I love this face mask. I love a batshit housewives moment. This gave me Dorit. 
vibes. Like, this is something Dorit would do. And so I salute Meredith for doing it. I really honestly think it was good. It was insane, of course. Was it unhinged? Yes. But I think it was a, a good thing to do, a good way to secure that second season spot. So then we cut to the scene with Whitney and Mary at the oxygen tanks. Now, this is where I thought Mary was CGI'd in. Uh, she did not know what oxygen was. So Mary says, I need oxygen, oxygen, estrogen, prestigen. Like she didn't know what oxygen was, you guys. At one point she said, what is oxygen to the guy who was doling out the oxygen? And I'll be honest, I don't think she was saying it as a joke. I don't think Mary knows what oxygen is. And even after this man who's uh, providing oxygen for her, even after he did it and explained it to her, I still don't think Mary really understood what oxygen is. So SOS on Mary, I hope she figured it out by now, but who knows? I'd like maybe we need to get Mary on the podcast, see if she understands what oxygen is. Now I'm not expecting these women to understand everything. We all have brain farts. Oftentimes on this show, I'll say something and I'll get something wrong, or you guys all you DM me and say, Danny, what the fuck? You got that wrong. How did you not know this? Or how did you not know that? Sometimes we have brain farts. But I believe deep down in my soul that Mary doesn't know what oxygen is. That's my truth. Um, when Jen arrived, the music all changed. Did you hear that? They played like the Jaws music. I always love when they do that. It's like there's a shark in the water. Also, later in the episode when they were doing like those those title cards at the end, you know, giving us the updates, they were playing like clown music. I was thinking there was just going to be like a clown and a like a an adult sized clown in a tiny car just wheeling into the frame. Like that's the kind of music they were playing at the end. I was like, what is this? Who decided on that music at the end? What the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't understand. It was clown music. I thought I was at a circus. I know we sort of are in these housewives worlds. Uh, it's a little circus like, but what was that music? Um, so then let's see. Oh, uh, we cut to Meredith, and she was talking to some man. I don't even know who it was, but she's like, I'm ignoring bad energy. And then right as she says that, Jen walks up and is like, how are you doing? Meredith's like, I'm all right. And then Jen apologizes to her, and Meredith's not having it. Meredith's finally engaging, and she's like, look, you're going to have to show me over time. She's like, I'm not really going to just make up with you right away. And I appreciated that. And Meredith said... Something that I also need to hang up in my office, we need to put on a pillow. Meredith said, I need to protect my positive space, and I don't have room for the negativity. And I fully believe that. I think it's important to protect our souls, protect our space. If you're in a good mood, you can't let the negativity around you. And I do believe that goes with like who you're hanging around. And that was a lesson it's taken me a lot of years to learn. But if people are toxic in your life, it's okay to get rid of them, even if they've been with you forever I think if you are looking around at your circle of friends and you're finding that they're always, obviously people at times in their life go through moments where they're toxic or moments where they're a bad friend or whatever it is. But if you look at people and you notice a pattern of who they are and them just always being toxic in your life, you need to get them out of your space, out of your space. Um, it'll open up a lot of uh, light and love, and it'll open up room for good people to come in. Good people. What is that saying? Like, surround yourself with people you want to be like, or better people better than you, and then it'll help you be better. Like, if you're surrounded with asshole people, I'm not saying Jen's an asshole, but I'm saying if you surround yourself with asshole people, it's not good. It's not good. So then, this is when Heather walks up and talks to Jen, and they have that moment of like, "I just need you to own it." Blah blah blah. And I was saying, "Where's Mary? Where's Mary?" I know she wasn't meant to be a full-time housewife. I get it. But I still would have liked her to... They should have CGI'd her in, is what I'm trying to say. Should have CGI'd her in that table. Um, Then Heather wants Jen to apologize for specifics, but Jen doesn't get it. Uh, And they eventually make up. Jen shares her lip gloss with Heather, and they're, they're good now. And that's when we get the title cards with the carnival music. And here, let me just read through these title cards real quick. So Jen's update is... Jen and Sharif have been spending more time together on FaceTime. To manage her stress, Jen has hired another member of the Shah Squad, assistant number eight. I mean, that was shocking to me. I couldn't believe she's got an eighth assistant now. I was shocked. Shocked. I could not believe it. Another assistant number eight. What does she need eight assistants for? That's a lot of people on the payroll. A lot of people on the payroll. Then Whitney says, uh, after supporting her dad for so long, Whitney is focusing on herself, working on a new skincare line and only swings, dot, 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 from her stripper pole. 
And I love that her storyline this season was like her dad has a substance abuse issues and she loves a pole. <laughs> That's Whitney in a nutshell for the whole season one. My dad's suffering from substance abuse and I like the stripper pole. That's it. That's it. And that's enough for me. Honestly, Whitney is my number two this season. To me, I think, okay, I'm going to rank these people. Heather's my number one. Love her. Worship her. Whitney's my number two. Love her. Worship her. And then I think Meredith's my number three. I think Meredith's my number three. And then maybe Lisa. Lisa. And then I loved all the scenes we got from Mary. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love when Mary hopped into frame in that closet. But... Um, I think in terms of group dynamics, I don't know if I could rate her towards the top. So I think like Lisa, Mary, and then Jen um, would be my final ranking. Although I love them all. Again, no shade to Jen because I thought she brought a lot to this season. It's just that's if I had to rank them. Okay, let's go through the rest of these. So Mary, her title card says, Mary has been keeping busy by reorganizing her bedroom and closet, getting rid of old designer clothes while making sure to keep her skeleton safely inside. Now, look, that's, uh, to me, even Bravo is now acknowledging that Mary's got a lot of skeletons in that closet in terms of, like, the church and the financial stuff. Excited to hear them addressed on the reunion, but I think that was Bravo trying to subtly tell us, like, hey, somebody needs to look in her financials. You know, that was my, that was what I took from that title card. Like, they're like, hey, somebody get the tax reports. Somebody get the tax um we need to know what's going on there with the finances. Then Lisa's uh, title card says, Lisa has scheduled a fam- family bonding trip to Mexico, but as Warren Buffett says, if a new business opportunity arises, she will not say no. So that one was fine. It wasn't very funny. You know, they could have been funnier with that one. Meredith says, in an effort to work on their communication, Meredith and Seth have returned to couples therapy. They are doing great, but when the topic of moving to Canton, Ohio is raised, Meredith disengages. Ah, I love that. That's why I think I'm going to have to disengage. (laughs) They knew she used that word every fucking episode, and they had to give it to us in the title card. Also, it was nice to see Canton, Ohio, which is right near where I grew up. I have a lot of family in Canton. Uh, I loved seeing that on a Housewives title card. It was good. Uh, You know, I ride hard for Ohio. And so I was happy. I was happy. I was happy. Then Heather's title card is, um, Heather has embraced her new life as a non-practicing Mormon, but continues to search for the perfect man and the perfect meatball lollipop. So Heather's obviously the star. They saved her title card for last. Bravo knows what they're doing. She was the star of the season. It was a great season. You guys, I'm so happy. The reunion is going to be three parts. Mary falls asleep, and I'm going to need her to look alive. Look alive, Mary. Wake up. We have you uh, in the closet the whole season. The least you could do is when you show up to the reunion is you look alive. What is she doing there? She's taking a nap. And Ramona Singer did it first. We know Ramona did it first, did it best. And at least with Ramona, I think the rest of the reunion after she fell asleep, she was like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty hype. But Mary just fallen asleep. I wasn't, did not look good to me. I was not happy about it. Um, then we also have Meredith and Seth troubles. Whitney's worried about the dad. Uh, let's see. We get the, uh, Mary's, uh, step grandfather arrives, step grandfather slash husband. Um, and then there's some stuff with Lisa. You guys, it look, good. it looks good. I need it now. I need it now. Because that's Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Very briefly, I just want to mention, uh, the Dallas Housewives. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, Dallas Housewives, they were on their girls' trip. Uh, they were at the winery, and there was a lot of fighting going on. And you guys, I'm finding myself, I uh, i don't know how this is happening, but I'm finding myself liking Deandra this season. And I was not expecting it. I feel like she's calling Carrie out in a way that I was like hoping somebody else would. It seems to me like Carrie is only being called out by Deandra and Tiffany, too. Tiffany was like kind of feuding with Carrie, but it also at that little winery thing, it felt like they were all competing for like whose life was the worst. Do you know what I mean? It was like Tiffany had to say, look, I'm an anesthesiologist in a pandemic and I'm going to the hospital all the time. And Carrie was like, well, my daughter, you know, my daughter. And I don't love the way that Carrie is handling the daughter stuff because even later on in the episode when she's doing the jewelry with the daughter, And she's trying to ask her daughter, like, you know, do you want to talk about the divorce and all of that stuff? And the daughter's like, not really. She doesn't want to talk about it. And it makes me uncomfortable when these housewives try to make their kids part of the storyline when the kids don't seemingly want to be part of the storyline. So that's what kind of frustrates me. I know this is like Carrie's story, and that's how Carrie feels about the daughter. But it makes me feel a little icky when the the wives bring it up. And also the husband. Remember last season, Carrie's first season, where she had the dinner with the husband and she was kind of like, it seemed like they didn't like each other at all. So I feel, I have this theory that the husband was like, I'm not filming this season because I, we looked terrible last season. So because the husband didn't want to film, now Carrie's like, okay, we're going to do the kids now. And I don't like, it makes me feel icky. But I like that at least Tiffany and DeAndra are calling her out. You guys, I'm turning on Stephanie a little bit. I am. You know I love Stephanie. You guys know I love that. And we change in an instant. Every episode we feel differently. But something about Stephanie this season, I'm just not, I'm not live, laugh, loving. I'm not live, laugh, loving. Although I did love when she was buying the charcuterie. (laughs) What are they? She was hitting people. They were shopping and she was hitting people with a charcuterie board that she thought was like a sex paddle. And that made me laugh. I did love that. They also brought Captain Brandy on this trip. Now, Captain Brandy, I would honestly like to be a main cast member. It's just a head with the wig on it. And I loved it. At one point, they hid it in the field. Uh, but Captain Brandy has really given it to me. There was a couple shots of Bra- the Captain Brandy head that I honestly thought were like some of the best shots in, in film and television history. There was like one shot where like the Captain Brandy head was, the hair was flowing in the wind. And I was like, this is art, people. I know people, you know, aren't looking at the Real Houses of Dallas as art, but I believe it to be. Those uh, Bravo camera people, they really shot the shit out of that Captain Brandy. They really shot the shit out of it. Uh, what else? Oh, we got that Tiffany scene where Tiffany's overwhelmed with work, and I thought it was so relatable. I'm loving Tiffany Moon, Dr. Moon, loving her this season, and I thought it was uh, relatable of her to say she's busy and she's doing too much and she's not with the kids and... And now I imagine it's even worse because now she's filming this reality show. So like she said at the winery, she's like, this is my only day off from work and I'm not spending it with the kids. I'm spending it with you guys and some head with a wig on it. So I feel her pain and I hope she learns uh, work-life balance. Her husband seems nice though. I want to get to know him a little bit more. Like what's going on? What's his story? Everyone has a story. What's his story? I need to know more. Um, Also, Cameron hasn't let go of a lot of the animosity she has towards Tiffany Moon because she was jumping on the bandwagon and I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it, Cameron. She seems just not, uh, they can't seem to get on the same page. So we'll see if they are able to next week, you guys. That's, I'm sorry our, our Dallas recap was a little bit short, but, um, 
those are my thoughts. Oh, I did love that moment where Deandra was like, you know, she stormed out and she was walking outside and she tried to very dramatically lower her face mask, which those fucking face shields don't do anything, you guys. They're not even wearing them properly. It's like we're, they're just visors at this point. And they're visors that don't block out the sun. Like, what's the fucking point? It's honestly infuriating. And I don't buy any of the bullshit. I'm sorry. Here I go again on the PPE. Oh, you guys hate me. <laughs> I know you hate me. You hate me when I talk about this. Just turn off this podcast right now if you don't want to hear me complain. But I just have to say, there's I don't I don't buy that this whole theory. When I interviewed Tiffany Moon or when I've heard these other housewives on interviews, when they say they follow the protocols, I'm sorry, I don't buy that CDC was telling production companies that they have to wear visors or they have to wear face shields like a, a visor. That's not what they said. They're, I mean, honestly, it's such a load of bullshit. And I can uh, explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you because it's honestly, there's no way that the CDC was like, hey, production companies, you know what you need to do to have safe, uh, you know, safe, safely resume production? You need to buy face shields and then don't wear them around your face. Like, what the fuck? That's not a thing. So I don't buy it. They could tell us that all they want in interviews. They could tell us all they want. It's a bag of bullshit. Um, you know, and honestly, okay, I would just like them to just not even wear it. Just don't even wear it. Just truly, honestly, just get rid of it at this point. I'd rather just not even see it because it just makes me mad the other way. It makes me mad. But DeAndro's trying to storm out. Also, didn't this whole episode, you feel exhausted for them? I mean, they were on this trip and it felt like a trip that lasted for a lifetime. It just felt like by the end, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to get home. I can't even imagine what these people felt like. The whole cast, it's like, what a day. What a day. And they were drinking, they were taking shots, and Brandy was teaching them how to dance at that bar. (sighs) They were on that table, they were dancing. (sighs) Anyway, you guys, that's the... That's the episode of Everything Iconic. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. You guys, if you want to support this podcast, go to the Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Everything Iconic. You could donate $4 more per month and get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month and I recap sex and licity. Uh, and what else? Oh, go to the Patreon or go to the Everything Iconic store. It's everythingiconic.store. We have Queen Icon Legend face masks available. We got the wine glasses back in stock. We got new Queen Icon Legend long sleeve sweatshirts. They're really soft and cute. So check all that out, everythingiconic.store. And with all of that said, you guys, let's do our little breathing exercise. So let's take a, a moment to slow down, to just breathe. And let's take a deep breath in. And hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. You guys, thanks so much for listening. I loved uh, I loved chatting with you guys. I got some good guests coming up next week, so subscribe to the podcast. Go rate and review us if you like everything iconic. Only if you like it. Don't rate and review it if you hate it. If you hate it. I'm sorry. I love you anyway. (laughs) But maybe stop listening. Anyway, uh, have a good day. (laughs) Love you all. And we'll talk again soon.